This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Away, pressured again, throws it off his back foot, caught! It's caught by Addison, he's going to go all the way in for a touchdown! Mullins beats the Blitz, and the Vikings have their second score of the game! This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Later on in the program, in hour number three, we will have Brad Powers discuss his takes with the college football playoff. But right now, we are joined by Brian Johnson from the Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast and KFN out in Minnesota. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Let's get started and talk about Thursday Night Football. And I think the matchup that we're probably focused on a good bit more than the others would be the Saints defense against this Rams offense. And so my question to you to get started is, do you have concerns about the Rams' big four? Stafford, Williams, Cup, Nakua. What do you think they can do in this matchup? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Great to be here. And uh, back to your question, um, the Rams' big four. Starting with Kyron Williams, uh, no concerns there. He's a no-brainer. It is somewhat of a tough matchup. The Saints have surrendered just one total touchdown to running backs over the last three games and just seven all season. That's the sixth fewest. But uh, Williams just on a heater this year, fourth in rushing yards and third in total touchdowns among running backs. And he's only played 10 games, really nine and a half. You can't really sit Williams against anybody, uh, even the Saints. Again, not a smash spot, but Williams is a must start, as is Cooper Cup. Uh, he's back to must-start status after uh, sort of a, a tough stretch after missing the first four games. Again, this isn't a great matchup either, but neither were the the Browns or the Ravens over the last three weeks. Uh, and, and Cup has scored in those three games over the last three weeks, 100-plus yards in, uh, in two of those three as well. So Cup pretty much matchup proof. I'm rolling him out with confidence on Thursday night. I'm a little nervous about Puka Nakua, though, in this matchup against New Orleans, uh, who have allowed just eight wide receiver touchdowns all season. That's the second fewest, uh, just one over the last six. Nakua has scored just two touchdowns over his last nine games. During that same span, he's topped 90 yards just twice. Uh, I can't fault you for starting Nakua in this Thursday night matchup uh, in standard leagues, but if you have a better option, I might wait to deploy that on uh, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. And if you're still alive in a guillotine league, by the way, I don't think Nakua is startable in a guillotine league, but there are better options out there than Nakua. And lastly, Matt Stafford, 
Tough matchup for him on paper as well. New Orleans ranked fourth in pass coverage by Pro Football Focus. That said, the Saints haven't faced many notable notable passers as of late. Tommy DeVito, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, Josh Dobbs. None of those guys are comparable to Stafford. Jared Goff is, though. He threw for multiple scores against the Saints in Week 13. Stafford could do the same tonight. He's got multiple touchdown passes in four straight, 12 total during that span. So he's a top 10 quarterback option. There's only about – odds are you might have one guy ranked higher than him this week, but if you don't, you can uh, start Stafford with confidence. But uh, I wouldn't pair him up with Nakua or Cup. I would, uh, you don't want to put too many eggs in one basket in my mind. Yeah, the, the the Saints thing is interesting because we were debating earlier in the show, like, you know, the reputation that they have for years is such a strong defense. And you look recently, they're only giving up six points against the Giants, only giving up six points against against Carolina. And then when they when they face a high flying offense like the Rams, those defensive numbers certainly not as strong, which makes a lot of sense. What about um, fantasy props wise uh, over on the Saints side? Olave is. It looks like he's going to be in. So, so they're getting healthier as far as that goes. Uh, in in addition to Camara, any any specific spots you like against this Rams defense for the Saints? Well, it almost feels like you should give uh, you should go anytime touchdown on Jimmy Graham. Four touchdowns on just seven uh. targets. That's uh, more than half a touchdown per game or uh, per target. I'm sorry. So give him eight targets tonight, and that's a lock. I- I'm joking there, but. I still can't get over the fact that Jimmy Graham has four touchdowns this year on, on seven targets, and he's pushing 40 years old. But like you said, outside of Kamara, Olave is really the only other option. Um, he sat last week, as you mentioned, with the ankle sprain, but he should be good to go tonight. The Rams are allowing more than 160 yards per game to wide receivers. That's a healthy number. And over the last two weeks, opposing wideouts are averaging 200-plus yards and have totaled five touchdowns against L.A., and before last week, when Olave sat, he had an NFL high 1,093 unrealized air yards. Nobody else was even at 900. So Olave has been getting his shots downfield all season. I see that continuing tonight. So I like the over on receiving yards and uh, even longest reception of the night. Uh, Olave should be in the mix there. And he, he is startable uh, in most formats as well. I would. Uh, even though he missed last week, if he's active, I think you got to give Olave a shot in a in a game that should be a, have a positive game script for the, the New Orleans pass attack. Brian, let's go to Saturday. Um, Bengals at Steelers, and Mason Rudolph says, as far as he knows, he's treating it as if he is playing. There's even some one and a halfs out there now. Anything you like, prop side total in this one? Uh, you can't like anything uh, on the Steelers side <laughs> when it wouldn't <laughs> Rudolph at quarterback. And, and you know, and this, this whole George Pickens not trying thing. Maybe he gets he's motivated motivated by that, or maybe he he turtles even more. I just you know, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, they continue to mow each other's lawn week in and week out. Warren should be getting bell cow usage at this point. Harris is like a tackling dummy out there. He, he has no vision, so you can't be excited about anything on the Pittsburgh side, fantasy-wise, prop-wise. On the on the Bengals side, obviously Jamar Chase, unlikely to play. I believe he's already been ruled out. Um, Joe Mixon is getting a lot of work stolen from Chase Brown right now, so that's become a lot more of a, a platoon there. 
But um, when you look at what the Colts receivers did against the, the Steelers last week, Michael Pittman was on his way to a monster game. He gets hurt. Then DJ Montgomery comes in, a guy I've never even heard of, scores two touchdowns. So you, you got to like T. Higgins a ton in this game. So I, I'm, I'm liking the overs on most of the prop lines I'm seeing for T. But outside of that, you know, Jake Browning, he looks nice, but are you going to start Jake Browning if you're in the, the semifinals of your fantasy league? Odds are you have a better option out there. So it's really only T. Higgins I love for Cincy. I will still start Joe Mixon, but uh, Higgins is the only guy that's really standing out for me in that game. He's Brian Johnson from the Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast here on BetQL Daily. This is the season where we are fading running backs. And certainly we've done this uh, a good bit in seasons past, or, you know, weeks past, rather. Uh, but when we're talking about Bijan Robinson and Derrick Henry, guys, we probably felt like could be reliable uh, you know, at the start of the year. They certainly weren't last week. So is there a reason to tail them or perhaps fade them for this week? Yeah, Bijan and Derrick Henry were both in smash spots last week. Bijan up against Carolina, who people have been running over them all season long, pouring rain, that's like just screams positive game script, and then he just got Arthur Smith yet again. Tyler Algier gets twice as many touches. It makes no sense for the game. Uh, then Derrick Henry going up against the Texans, a team who he's totaled like over 1,000 yards and like 10 touchdowns in his previous five he totals 10 yards on, on 20 touches. And I'm really concerned with the usage for Henry against Seattle this week. It's a good matchup on paper, but this is the first time under Mike Vrabel's tenure that the Titans have nothing to play for unless it's the last game of the season. They've never been eliminated from playoff contention this early. So I don't see – there's not a lot of point in, in running Henry out there. He probably wants to save the little tread he has left on his tires. So – I'm off on Henry against Seattle. Bijan has the Colts, who are top five in the most yards. Uh, I'm sorry, most total yards and total touchdowns surrendered to running backs. And as scary of a proposition as it is, I'm just going to hope that Arthur Smith realizes he's being such a jackass and just give Bijan <laughs> bell cow usage again, as he was prior to last week. They were winning games. He was going off. This is indoors. Great matchup. I'm going to trust Bijan one more time. And uh, basically pray, but he's a tough guy to sit for me. Yeah, uh, a lot of sharp betters agree with you. They are all over Atlanta this week, and we've uh, we've certainly seen some line movement in that game. What about some other big-name players that people lock into their fantasy lineup, people bet over no matter what the numbers are on a week-to-week basis with player props? Any, any big-name players that uh, you see in line for, for a possible dud here in Week 16? Yeah, people might be excited to see Nico, Nico Collins active this week. Uh, it looks like he's trending towards playing. Missed last week with the calf injury. They have the Browns at home uh, this weekend, but I got a lot of trepidation here for Nico if active. First off, C.J. Stroud unlikely to play, as most know by now. So it'll be another week at Case Keenum, who, who, looked, who looked decent last week. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but this is more about the matchup against Cleveland who's allowing less than 10 catches per game to wide receivers. That is the fewest in the league. They got all-pro cornerback Denzel Ward back last week. But their other cornerback, Martin Emerson Jr., is making big big uh, splashes this year. He's been Darrell Revis-like. 
In 444 coverage snaps, Emerson has allowed zero touchdowns and a 44.6 passer rating in his coverage. So they are going to be keyed in on Nico Collins. Obviously, Tank Dell was lost for the season a couple weeks ago. And with Case Keenum at quarterback, I'm keeping Nico on my bench, even even if active. Uh, Just look forward to to better things next year for Nico, but it's not going to be this week. Ah, love me some Nico Collins. Let's talk about some sleepers for this week. Brian, (laughs) any sleepers you got for us? Well, if you are super desperate at running back, which a lot of people might be, I mean, if you're alive in your your, your playoffs, uh, you, you probably have some good options, but we have to talk about the Eagles, Boston Scott, going up against the Giants. Let's go. Uh, Boston Scott has scored <laughs> nine touchdowns in eight career games against New York. So if you're in a, like a touchdown-heavy league and you have no good options, why not grab Boston Scott right now? And he's a, a great option in daily fantasy. He's probably going to be bare minimum. Another guy uh, in any time t- touchdown score uh, prop. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be in on that for, for Boston Scott. And uh, another sleeper, not a guy who would advocate for it starting in standard fantasy, but another another nice daily play, and uh, I probably smash most of his overs as well. Is is Bryce Young, uh, Carolina quarterback, and simply for the fact he's got the Packers, and over the last two weeks, the Packers have yielded the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award to Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield. So. That defense is struggling, and the Panthers are an interesting story because, yes, they only have two wins, and in most cases, teams are very unmotivated at that point, but they, they do not want to give the number one overall pick to the Bears, <laughs> which they, they own right now, but they have to hand over to Chicago. They're going to play every game like it's a Super Bowl to avoid giving the Bears the number one overall pick. So Bryce Young, a nice daily option, and again, I, I, like, I like most of his passing uh, prop. Uh, the overs on most of his passing props this weekend. Brian, whether you know this or not, Aaron's love affair with Nico Collins can only be surpassed by Joe's love affair with Boston Scott. So somehow you've picked out every (laughs) single player we talk about on this show consistently. So I really appreciate that. Uh, About a minute to go here. Uh, You obviously uh, know a lot about the Vikings. Uh, You watch them, uh, you know, week after week. What do you think about this matchup between the Vikings and Sam Laporta? What are you expecting from him and what are you expecting from the Vikings in general? Yeah, I'm not expecting Laporta to, to score three touchdowns here, but uh, he should have a decent game. The Vikings allowing less than 50 yards per game. Um, not great, but more than five catches. We'll take that production all day. I, I just love the tight end narrative in this game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson going up against Sam Laporta. Last year, the, the Lions trade Hawkinson within the division, which you don't see a lot, to the Vikings in exchange for uh, – draft pick where the Lions take Sam Laporta. So they're both going to be motivated uh, in this game going up against each other. And really at this point, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, they are matchup proof uh, when it comes to what defenses are allowing to tight ends. You got to be confident in both those guys this year and moving forward. They both might be first round picks in 2024, to be honest with you. Good stuff. Brian Johnson from the fantasy football weekly podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Had a great time. Happy holidays. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you as well. We get Nico Collins and Boston Scott references uh, in the same segment. How lucky are we? Look, 
Eight games, Boston Scott against the Giants has nine touchdowns. He has a touchdown in almost every game. There was one game there he did not score a touchdown. Now, I think this number is going to go down. Laugh at it all you want. It's five to one right now at one spot. It's already three to one at another. It's not listed many places. Mm. Guarantee you on Sunday, you will not find a five <laughs> or four, four to one for Boston Scott scoring any time touchdown as everyone's talked about it by that point. Last touchdown. Last? <laughs> Last. Okay. That's the way to I like go. It. That's a good Probably getting a, a 30. Closer. Uh, okay. there, yeah. Whoa, there's a 60 to 1 out there. Uh-oh. I'm doing that now. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Coming up next, let's be sharper about home field advantage right here on the BetQL Network.